There's a handful of things in life that I know that I'm good at. Running a successful podcast, for one, a website, photography, menu consulting, etc. But one of the things where I need help is my gardening, specifically culinary gardening. It's one thing to have a nice succulent or a pretty plant to look at, but there's nothing like growing your own food, herbs, and more. That's why I turn to my friend and friend of the Best Seeds podcast, Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage, for all things culinary gardening. She's an expert through and through who's worked with some of the best chefs and restaurants here in Orange County. Just see the work that she did up at the amazing Poppy and Seed in Anaheim, or some of the work she's doing with chefs like Zach Scher over at the Bellow Chef's Table. She's talented, witty, incredibly smart, and a consummate professional through and through. Whether you're running a restaurant program, a craft cocktail program, or you just want to start growing some great food at home, she has everything you need and more. So to get more information, set up a consultation, or just to see some of the things that she's done in the past, check out heirloompotage.com for more information. I cannot recommend... This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 124 of the Best Seats podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Croft McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you to my friend, Allie Coyle. She provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com, or you can check out her uh, sling and kick-ass wines at any of her family's three restaurants if you're here in Orange County, Fable and Spirit in Newport Beach, and Dublin Four and Wine Works for Everyone. Both of those are going to be in Mission Viejo. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show and you're listening to this on free feed, Spotify, Apple, wherever that may be, please consider leaving a rating and or a review or both. It helps other folks discover the show. It helps us spread to new audiences and more. Um, don't forget that you can go to thebestseats.com for more content just like this. Check out merch, check out the blog, um, submit stories for I Know What You Did Last Sunday, which is finally going to be premiering after a lot of technical hiccups, but that one is almost ready to go. That's going to be the new podcast coming soon. But don't forget the very best experience is only found by supporting, if you can, over on patreon.com forward slash the best seats and signing up at a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you. That's where you get exclusive access to the bonus episodes, early ad-free listening to all the episodes going all the way back to the beginning and more. Very excited for episode 124. Um, again, <laughs> unintentionally, there's kind of a lot of episodes lining up about drinks and specifically, there's going to be a handful about wine. Now, these episodes are a little bit evergreen, a little bit not evergreen. Sometimes they're topical, sometimes they're not. This one's a little topical, but also a little not. I'm sitting down with two friends of mine, Sonia and Lamar. They are the runners of the Wine Militia, Militia Consulting, um, just really, really, really all around awesome human beings. Now, why did I want to sit down with them? Well, outside of the fact that I just told you they're awesome, 
Um, one of their big clients, specifically on the wine militia side of things, and again, we'll unpack both of those in the main episode, which you'll hear in just a second, is the Santa Barbara um, Vintners Association. Basically, they represent Santa Barbara wine country. I love wine. You probably love wine. We all love wine. I'm a big fan of Santa Barbara wine country, and I say it proudly. Coming up, depending on when you're listening to this episode, it may have already passed. Hopefully not. Um, October 14th is the 39th annual Santa Barbara Vintners Association big, big, big tasting festival up at Vega Vineyard, um, which is a stunning place. If you haven't been even outside of the Vintners Association, you should go. But I wanted to sit down with them to talk about what is it like, not just to do what they do for work, but to represent something so big with so many people's livelihoods invested into it. And especially preceding the event like this, which is a massive one, I just wanted to get their take on it. What is it like to represent people when you're trying to put on a festival like this? How is it being a husband and wife team running two different businesses that do intertwine with each other? You kind of help each other's businesses out, things like that, between militia consulting and the wine militia. They're similar, but they're different. So I wanted to sit down with both of them just to chat. Again, these are really, really, really great people. If you have not had the opportunity to meet them in person, go to one of their tasting events, go to a wine event, try to meet them. They're just some of the nicest human beings you could ever hope to run across. But you don't need to hear that from me. You can hear it for themselves as we jump into episode 124 of the Best Seats podcast featuring the team behind the wine militia and militia consulting, my friends, Lamar and Sonia. Enjoy. Lamar, Sonia, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. Um, I was trying to do the math in my head. I originally brought up the idea of having you guys on the podcast the last time that I think I saw you in person, which was November of all freaking times up in Santa Barbara wine country. I have no idea where the time has gone, but we have found the time to sit down. A lot to unpack between wine militia, militia consulting, upcoming wine festivals, your work, your life, the whole nine yards. We got a lot to dig into, but before we do that, for people that may not be familiar with you or who you are, would you guys take mind taking a moment to introduce yourselves and give a little bit of your background? Absolutely. I need to, you know, think about who I am sometimes when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce myself to myself. Uh, my name's Lamar Engel. I run a little company called The Wine Militia, uh, a very highly aggressive name, but we're, we're really nice, I promise. <laughs> And uh, I am Sonia Strand Engel, hyphenated, you'll notice. We are indeed married. Um, I partner with Lamar on the Wine Militia, but I also uh, run a company called Militia Consulting along with Lamar. So we specialize in wine, travel, destination, hospitality, and flowers. Okay. For- <laughs> Just going to add that in there, add that in there, because it kind of, it kind of sounds like the way that when people ask me, what the hell do I do with best seats? And I'm like, well, it's about this, 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 it's it's a lot Um, lot to unpack. Wine militia, militia consulting. Let's start with kind of the similarities between the names first, kind of how you guys came to be. And then we're going to unpack each of kind of the groups together. But how did you guys come to be? How how did it become wine militia and militia consulting? I mean, were you guys working separate things and then kind of met each other or what was the kind of the the chrysalis of that it's true yeah hospitality brought us together actually in short um before i met sonia the wine militia was an entity that had started during uncertain times not unlike today but in 2008 uh the wine militia started as a experiential event company surrounding wine and at the time i was working for the coppola families um, so Francis Ford Coppola presents, um, all of the brands underneath that, including Engelnook, which was Nibam Coppola before Rubicon Estate. 
and then also the Coppola Family Winery. So I was very busy, but during 2008, if you remember, there was quite a quite a gully of of need for folks that were trying to engage in a luxury product and. I was trying to figure out ways to to get more people to engage in wine in a non-boring fashion. So I started the company to basically do these wacky experiences outside the winery walls. And that in turn uh, attracted a lot of folks in Napa Valley and ho- hotels and hospitality and doing a lot of consultation for them. And that's when I ran into this young lady who was doing, uh, doing marketing. I, I think I was actually, I think. Yeah, you were at a winery. Your client? You are a client. That's right. Wow. All right. Nice. Bound chicka. Wow. Wow. God, here we go. Why are you blushing? I'm not blushing. I'm drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you were a client. I worked for a marketing agency. So I worked for marketing agencies pretty much my entire career and in hospitality. So Lamar was a client. I obviously was smitten on Lamar. Thanks. (laughs) You're so welcome. And uh, yeah, we were best friends at the time. Um, Did great work for that client. And then the rest is history. So that's where we met. And then we turned, you know, closer and closer. I think I worked. Yeah, I worked at an agency for a little bit after that. Yeah. And then uh, decided almost two years ago. Yeah, November coming up in two years. Yeah. We started the Militia Consulting. So talk about kind of the difference between what each of them bring to the table, mm-hmm. because you guys, you guys do work very much simpatico, but they are different animals and they do handle different things. So yeah. let's unpack militia consulting first okay. before we dive into the yeah. wine militia, because I feel like the wine militia, the name kind of speaks for itself yeah. a little bit more, but you also mentioned <laughs> sure. flowers. And I think yeah. a lot of people are being That's, like, what is that? Where's this going to bring? Yeah. Right. No, fair enough. So my background was hospitality, marketing, destination. And at the agency that I worked at, I had one flower client and that was the flower fields down in Carlsbad. Loved it. It was such an amazing adventure. Um, it was a time where they, we were in the middle of COVID mm-hmm. and we did amazing things and I really became passionate about the industry. So what that turned into was a growth in that um, agency in the flower industry. So whether that's agriculture from a cut flower standpoint to, you know, destination like the flower fields to a flower market in LA. So that's where the flower side came to be. Um, Interestingly enough, uh, agriculture from a wine and flower standpoint, is very similar. So I joke, (laughs) you know, who doesn't love wine and flowers and travel? So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it came to be, you know, just from a what we like, what we like to do. Um, that kind of translates to the client perspective. So that's that's where the flowers side stands. But it's obviously not just kind of that Carlsbad area. Visit Carlsbad, working with the flowers. Right. I mean, what other kind of areas do you also work within? So we work, gosh, we work for the Santa Barbara Wine Country, um, Santa Barbara Vintners Association. Um, we have travel clients like visit Carlsbad. Um, what else? And we have um, floral clients that are farmers, not just for florals, but greens. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, I mean, we have, we even have a, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but we even have like a, what would you call like vibe? Oh, it's like a, it's a, 
Tumblr. It's a Tumblr speaker. So that's the product side. We do have some product-based clients that are kind of fun. Um, It's an outdoor company where they have, you know, speakers on their Tumblrs. But that's kind of a wild card client that we have. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because Militia Consulting actually speaks to a lot of what the wine militia was trying to do, but we, we, we couldn't do it without a lot of the amplification that comes with marketing and that background experience. Um, and I have a little bit of, of marketing background that, that works with that. But at the same time, you find yourself having to kind of work in different arenas. And that's why militia consulting, I think was, was born was because we started kind of going down paths of like, well, they need PR, they need social, they need strategy, they need website design. Um, it's never just kind of one specific fits all bundle. It's like, Hey, I'm just right. looking for this or we need this or they need that. And they don't know that they need that, but we're going to tell them that they need that. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, the wine militia, obviously it sounds like the name speaks a little bit more for itself. How did that, I mean, let's talk about that aspect yeah. and unpack that. I mean, the first time that I met you both in person was actually at a wine militia event down in Laguna beach. Um, cool. Yeah. And I want to say it was on behalf of Santa Barbara Vintners Association. You brought down a lot of female winemakers mm-hmm. for this big kind of panel tasting and then yeah. obviously a, a pouring event afterwards that was phenomenal. I, I mean, I had more great wines in one evening than I had in a while. <laughs> um, and the production standpoint and everything else, I was like, cool. I, it, it kind of reminds me of how like you had the church your parents went to and now you have churches with like cover bands <laughs> and, and I'm kind of like, Oh yeah, you're hitting a different demo. I like yeah. this. You oh, are, I like that. That you're was a great, it right on the head. That's exactly it's right. So funny and very ironic that you'd bring that analogy up. Um, you know, be, being a pastor's kid, uh, <laughs> Oh, that, no way. Yeah. <laughs> that, back in, in Canada, um, years and years ago, I, I rebelled against conformity and, uh, my parents are teetotalers now, and they'll, they'll probably never listen to this podcast. I don't even know if they know how to listen to podcasts. They're <laughs> so ancient. I love them. But um, they they did instill a, a type of quality in all events, which is really funny. I have a sleeve tattoo that's really dedicated to my, my dad's side of the family that is very anal about production <laughs> and about, like, events and um, from, like, you know, just how things look and feel and, and taste. Um and, and sound it's it's kind of a weird thing how it's innate in some people and some people it's not so from the production standpoint that you're talking about in that particular event i think that's how we actually start building our events is like what is this gonna what is this gonna look like what is it gonna sound like smell like the whole thing very extrasensorily um you know planning it and then the background of of wine militia was really that it was like we're so bored with the way that everyone is just assuming we should be consuming these events. Like we were just like, I can't believe this is the status quo for wine events, which is, and this is not a knock on anyone, but it just, we, we've become comfortable with like, we can go to a space, we can see white tablecloth that has not been ironed on a table and walk up, put a glass in front of somebody and somebody says exactly what's on the tasting note on the table or what they've been told. Yeah. And we just fought really hard to not do that. So that's kind of where that all started. And um, I think that's the punk in me. That's that musical, like nonconformity side that was like, we got to do something different that's memorable. And I think that's where that really started. And to have in the beginning years, I'll never forget sitting at a table at Francis on the board of directors and Larry Stone was our 
uh, also very much very part of that for the quality standpoint, who was a master sommelier who mentored me. They both were very adamant about making sure that if you do it, you don't do quantity, you do quality mm-hmm. um, when it comes to these kinds of things. And when I finally begged them after two years of doing wine militia under basically under what was at the time Rubicon estate, um, which was anything from like events for wine club members to doing magazine release parties for the Zoetrope all story that Francis had, which was a, a, an incredible outlet for script writers and short storytelling and things like that. So we would do all of that and finally begged him. I'm like, can we please do this outside of the Coppola, you know, boundaries? And he blessed it. He kind of gave it the, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the Italian Catholic blessing <laughs> and, <laughs> and said, be on your way, young son. Um, which was great. I think he still thought I was working for him two years after I quit. <laughs> he still thinks we work for him. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if, if anyone's listening and you've worked for Coppola, you probably still get that weird text in the middle of the night or, or think you do about working for him. But if, and if you're listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Kind of that mafia-esque kind of like, where are you? <laughs> Some stereotypes are true for a reason. <laughs> Not too far. Not too Some far. are. But yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just that you guys are also fans of wine. I mean, you're incredibly knowledgeable. I mean, there's something, there's somebody, again, it, it sounds ironic to say this in California. I'm coming fresh off another podcast with a great winery, but it's wow. it's not just, man, I like wine. Like you guys have a very inherent, natural, authentic, real big love for not just the product, but the people behind it too. And it really translates through your events and the clients that you work with. Oh, thanks. That means a lot. Yeah, I mean, what a compliment. If that's what Can comes you follow through, us around all day? Yeah. <laughs> that, well, I'm glad that that translates. Mm-hmm. Then. That, that means that we're, we're hopefully doing what we're set out to do. Um, the knowledge side of it, I wish I could take credit for it. I wish I had that sponge-like mentality in high school question mark yeah. because we were both b's and c students b's uh, c's and d students yeah that was generous yeah um, <laughs> look i open my phone every time to calculate the tip at a restaurant Same. i don't give a shit that's, anybody can know yeah. that that's fa- yeah. like it's fact I'm, you gotta own who that. you are okay yeah yeah it's 2023 i'm living my truth <laughs> amen cheers to that i love it no i i'm i'm in the same boat i uh math was definitely a deficit for me um yeah the the idea of like for some reason something sticking when it comes to wine notes and things like that. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I credit it to just hunger and thirst for something different. Um, but really finding like there's, there's this really like Gothic romance in wine that I really love. Um, and there's drama in between the lines of like the, the tasting notes. It's really wild. Like whenever we see, we joke around and, this is the marketing side of militia consultant come out. So whenever we have a, a winery client that says, Hey, come and train our staff on how to tell our story. I kick it to militia consulting and I'm like, we got to work together. And oftentimes what happens is we got to get them to unplug the words handcrafted family owned <laughs> because hard for people to do. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think yeah, everyone, everyone's handcrafted family owned. I mean, almost everyone I know. And the, the in-between notes are, this vintage really sucked. We barely could scrape enough funds to actually get a tractor to go through the vines and actually till. Or we didn't have enough labor this year to actually pull most of the fruit. We left most of it on the vines. 
I love that story in between the lines that I try to like draw out of, out of especially it's hard to draw it out of winemakers because they're so close to the product. One hundred percent. Yeah. Right. But if you were to ask them in, in se- several ways, be like, what was the biggest challenge? And they'll tell you, oh, I'm going to put Amy, Christine and Peter Hunkin on just on the spot from Holus Bolus. And I'm sure you've had, had the pleasure, but they will tell you exactly all the wrong things that happened and that it was a miracle that this product in the bottle exists. And I love that. I think more people gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. And I can really learn more about that style of, of, of wine um, and the storytelling behind it and the tech behind it than maybe something that sounds regurgitated by ChatGPT. Well, it's like, meeting a, <laughs> it's like meeting a new parent versus a parent of a teenager. Like the new parent's going to be like, they're amazing, they're beautiful. The parent with a teenager is going to be like, they're a dick. They've been around. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, when we have teenagers. How true are, is that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's not so far. true. <laughs> like yeah. I love them, but sometimes I want to kill them. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's true. That's true. But yeah, so I think I think that's that's part of like the the lean in on, you know, getting really thick on on deets and all of the things that go behind the wines. And I don't know what it is. And we, we especially with wine militia, because we do so many events that are, yes, public ticketed, but we also do a lot of corporate group events. Sometimes yeah. the corporate groups range from pharmaceuticals to med tech to construction to bioscience. So we have to like we have to kind of know our chops. It's not uncommon for <laughs> a biophysiological scientist to come in and put one of our, our team on the spot and be like, actually break this down scientifically. And we have to like know our stuff. Sometimes we don't. And we say, it's okay that we don't know this, but we're going to tell you the, to our knowledge, the best we know how, and we get into it. It's crazy. Yeah. So we, in turn, we have to find staff that's willing to be dorky. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Look, the, again, like I said, the first time that I met you guys, the panel was, you know, breaking off into some stuff and I nice. can handle talking about bricks and things like that. But there were even a couple of times I'm like, hey, Siri, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look this up. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the event side of things, because at the time that we're recording this, which is you know early middle of September, um, you, there is a rather large event that is looming on the horizon. And that is the Santa Barbara Vendors Association basically major it's a longer name and i'm gonna blank but i know that there's notes around here somewhere but what is the massive massive event that is on the horizon that people frankly and i'm biased on this one because i love santa barbara wine country but what is the event and and where i want to dig into why people should be looking forward to this yeah no absolutely it is the 39th annual santa barbara anniversary date in there festival so what that is, it is a festival where all the winemakers and um, wineries come together. Um, it is October 14th, and it is happening at Vega Vineyard, which is very exciting. Vega's brand new. You'll have to share the history. I look at Lamar, because again, going back to that sponge, but Vega has been around for quite some time. Um, beautiful destination. Yeah, it's stunning. Oh, it's absolutely it's really amazing. Stunning. Rolling hills, oak trees, the whole, you know, stereotypical like lovely backdrop of what a wine festival should look like um most importantly the one thing that we talk about lamar brought this up but the people you know this festival alone you can walk up to the tent right and you're going to talk to the winemaker and you're going to really have a chance to learn the stories hear from them themselves on what 
winemaking is all about and what to try and what, you know, the troubles and tribulations of making that wine and kind of the behind the scenes of it. So that's kind of, I mean, we're really excited about it. I think it's going to be a great um, timing within fall, right around harvest. Yeah. Um, what else? About the no, I festival? love the way that you're describing it's making me want to go. It's like, yeah. And it, we've been there with you. I, I just remembered like when we sat oh, we and there. we had yep. lunch, Yeah, we got mm-hmm. to meet, uh, you know, Steve Clifton, who I think is one of the biggest sweethearts in all of Santa Barbara County. Um, and, and, uh, and a dynamo of a, of a winemaker. winemaker. I mean, it's wild. Yeah, if he was a Care Bear, his tummy would just be like a Nebbiolo. <laughs> yes, like, yeah, oh, I like, like that. Uh, yeah. That's true. I, no, so he's good. He yeah. is a gem. I love Steve yeah. Clifton. And yeah, I mean, again, people could take this with a grain of salt. Um, my bias, you know, I, I put them up front. Yes, we're in California. We have a lot of wonderful wine areas. I do. Something about Santa Barbara, yeah. it, it hits you differently than, you know, a Paso or Temecula. And I'm not knocking those regions at all. I mean, again, one of For my sure. most recent episodes was a great winery in Temecula. I've got people on Paso Love scheduled it. later in the year, hopefully, if we can go through. But it, it just hits different. Totally. It's very, like you said, you're going to walk up to these booths. You're going to be talking directly to the winemaker. You're going to be drinking directly with the winemaker. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, we just pulled this one like last week. You know, it's just, there's an, Authenticity is not the right word, but I guess that there's a there's a candidness that I really yeah. like about it. And we're not just talking a few wineries. I mean, it, it's there's still obviously about a month to go until this yeah. thing happens at the time of this recording. But what are you guys looking at roughly as far as like the different vendors at the moment? I think right now we have over 30 food vendors, um, upwards of what? Gosh. 50 to 60. Yeah, that was in the beginning stages. We knew mm-hmm. that there would be at least 50, but there's, it's going to be up to easily mm-hmm. 60, 65. And that, that's pretty wild. Um, considering like we took a break for a couple of years and, uh, and then we're jumping back in. We, uh, there's some new wineries, uh, that have, are participating this year that are going to be, um, just definitely welcome for sure. And the idea that you can just be in one little small, not small, but one, one proximity, uh, kind of a little arena of, of wine tasting. And you can literally taste and hear all the different diverse stories that you're talking about. Not only that is that when people used to think about Santa Barbara, they used to think about like, okay, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Syrah. Now they're thinking Nebbiolo, right? Like you just said, you're thinking Graciano, you're thinking yeah. of Gruner Veltliner, and it's wild to see like the European wine world just kind of unfold in our backyard. And it, it this was the this was the festival that Orange County folks would put everything down, come up to Santa Barbara. Same with you know Central Central Coast, we'd have a lot of folks from the Central Coast coming in. So it's kind of like a divergent area where people could come together. Um, again, and that, that's, that was the whole purpose of Santa Barbara Vinners Festival. So it's going to be that again. And I think this is the perfect spot. It's an old historical space that we, we got to enjoy with you, but it's, I, I forgot how incredibly unique that spot is, especially not just geographically, but historically, I mean, it's the old Mosby vineyard it's the old mosby estate which has been there since the 1800s yeah even before that it was a rancho so it's there's like old buildings on that property and old ruins even so it's it's pretty wild that we're kind of bringing it full circle back to a very historical space and and i think that has been the goal for the vintners association is like how can we get folks to really recognize this is an establishment this is something that 
has been going on for some time and we're giving a nod to all these historical landmarks. Last year it was at the Santa Inez Mission. This year it's going to be at, at the old Mosby property, which is now Vega Vineyard. It's it's going to be incredible. And they're giving a good nod to the history there too and, and what it, that whole property has been known to, to produce, which is good farming. So, I mean, one of the reasons I was so fired up to get you guys, not just on the show to talk about you personally and what you do with Militia Consulting and the Wine Militia, but... I am so I mean, candidly, I'm going up to this festival. I have some yeah. friends that want to go up to this festival. It's one that I've been looking forward to for a while. And I wanted to get the show on the books before it actually happened, because I think it's really important. I mean, look, flying sucks nowadays. <laughs> like, it, I don't care if you're going to San Francisco, you're probably going to get delayed. They're going to lose your bag. Like, it's going to take seven hours. Like, it's an easy drive to Santa Barbara. I did it. I left like nine in the morning. Again, had to go from Orange County through Los Angeles all the way up. I still made it in three hours, 20 minutes, door to door. That was with a pit stop, had to let the puppy take a pee. I mean, this really is not bad. And with everything going on, air travel being what it is, and just like the stress of the fact that, you know, we're all alive. Um, it's good to, it's good <laughs> to just, adulting sucks. This is a really, really great thing to kind of bug off to. I mean, it's a, I want to talk about not just the kind of event itself, but Let's expand it to Santa Barbara wine country kind of proper, because I do think it is still a region that for as much history as it has, as many great winemakers are up there, you know, again, you can't fucking mention it without mentioning sideways, so sideways, like there's <laughs> yeah. a lot there, but I still feel like for whatever reason, it doesn't get that love that some of the other regions do. What's it like for you guys now working with the Santa Barbara Vintners Association and kind of spending a lot of time up in that region and, and really seeing just how freaking good so many of those wines are. I think for us, it's a secret. A lot of people, for us, it's something that we're kind of letting people in on that secret. Um, a lot of people, sadly, don't even realize that Santa Barbara wine country is closer than Paso. They yeah. think Paso is closer than where we're sitting today. Um, and it's not. Santa Barbara wine country is actually just what is it? West of France, North of LA. Yeah, just North of LA. Just yeah. North of LA. So, you know, for us, it's so easy to share the word of the Santa Barbara wine country um, because of that. We're letting people in on a secret. Um, the approachability side for whether you are new to the wine world and you are learning your way through the different varietals or whatever it is. Santa Barbara wine country is your wine country. Um, a lot of people are intimidated to go to Napa. A lot of people don't know what to ask for. Um, and then the other side of it, kind of Lamar touched on it. You've been a wine drinker and you consider yourself, you know, high level and you really want to explore your palate even more. This wine country is where you can do that as well. So for us, it's, we joke we're, when we were talking about this podcast today. Why do we do what we do? And for us, it's it's easy. We're promoting our friends. We're promoting our people we really do care about and we yeah. want to see succeed. The winemakers, our clients, we always joke, we won't have clients that we won't have happy hour with, you know, because we care about the that's, message. That's an awesome way to describe right? it. Right? We have a, you know, strict rule on that. So, um yeah, it's, it really is. It's it's something that the festival is something that we're super excited about because our friends are all going to be in one place and great wine's going to be all in one place. So, um, yeah, the region itself is just that easy to share secret. 
I mean, it's, what do you say, October 14th? Correct. Yeah, Regent, that's a Saturday, it is. if I'm okay. correct. I mean, so it's great. Like, drive up the night before, grab a room, I go to the festival all day. Wouldn't recommend leaving that night. Nope. But, you know, I mean, obviously you can spit or pour or whatever else. But, I mean, <laughs> stick around and have dinner and have a laugh. I mean, it's it, there's something really special about it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys... And I, th- I debated about saving this question for the bonus episode because, again, like everybody, I'm going to keep you guys around for a subscriber-only bonus episode, which people can find on Patreon. But you mentioned that you don't want to work with clients that you wouldn't feel comfortable having happy hour with. Correct. Um, I wrote a story last year for – it came out this year, but I wrote it last year for Southern California News Group about um, Santa Barbara wine country. Mm-hmm. I went up there on kind of a press trip. Um, you guys were the, the wonderful, wonderful hosts and guides for that. Now, obviously, you know, you're tasting wine and everyone's like, oh, that's not work. And it, it is still, there's mm-hmm. still supposed to be work trips, which it very much was, but there was something really friendly about it. I kind of got that vibe from everybody we met. I'm like, this just feels like a little staycation. Yeah. And there's something really nice about that, whether you're, you know, over talking with Gretchen over at Piazza and Lunar Heart, or you're talking with Steve Clifton, like we said, over at Vega. How do you guys find that balance of, hey, this is still work? But we also do love these people and these people are friends and we want to succeed for them. Does it add any kind of additional pressure when that's how you approach the relationships? Or do you find that you succeed even more? Ooh, that's a really that's good, a good question. question. Oh my gosh. That's going to get all my calories burnt by the end of this. <laughs> um, I Honestly, there is pressure for sure. I'd be I'd be lying if I said there wasn't. Like we do, we're cheering everybody on, but there's, there's some that we're just like, man, they're really... Let me back up. There's there's a spirit of experimentation that is allowed in that region that trickles out into the staff that pours the wine, that trickles out onto the guest that wants to try something new. And we want that to continue because there is this this weird wave and these different like tsunami waves of negativity about tasting fees in the in California and specific regions north of us and we really, we're all in it together. I know it sounds like it's easy for us to say us and them, but we've really tried to like get our friends in Santa Barbara to really just really hug and really kind of like embrace all, all of the, the regions because believe it or not, a lot of those regions knock on the door of Santa Barbara when they need fruit, when they need to buy fruit. And that's kind of behind the curtain in the underbelly of the industry. Sometimes we like, we're, we're, we're in a pinch. We need to buy fruit. And sometimes you have to go to where, you know, you can get the fruit and Santa Barbara is neighborly and we're constantly, and that's that feeling too, of like, we just feel like we just met some neighbors. There is a pressure of like, we don't want to let them down in our marketability, but we find that if, if we are marketing and promoting the region out of a sincerity that will never fail, it, it's, it's this feeling of like, look, we're always going to just give you the best chance to like, really promote yourself through the quality of the wine. But then if it doesn't hit for everybody, it doesn't mean it's not a hit. It means that it just, it's for a different palette with that experimentation and that, you know, diversity of all the different kinds of wines that are out there. It's not going to be a hit for everybody. So we do understand that there is a level of geekiness that can happen in Santa Barbara that might not happen in other, um, in other regions um, right out of the gate where they'll, they'll, They'll come right out swinging with that. And then there's also like a kind of what's, what's that term where you're like, kind of like this is life kind of, kind of a vibe happens sometimes in those tasting rooms too, mm-hmm. where you, there's just no worry. 
um, that happens too. So that, that helps take the pressure off of us to try to promote them heavily and have them succeed is they're willing to flex with us. Um, is there competition within the region, uh, within winery to winery? Absolutely. That's yeah, the wine. It's industry. only natural. Yeah. Um, is there competition with region to region? There is, but that's where we come in and say, referee, blow the whistle. We want to all play together. Let's do this right. And we all can bring something to the table. that's totally different. So I didn't even know if that even answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it relatively did. Um, Kind of jumping off on a lot of times just the, how do you differentiate, right? Because there is that competition level and there's work and then there's play. Yeah. I think for us too, it's um, trying to stay creative, right? We have to ask us as a company, we have to stay on top of things. And then you have to essentially get the entire region to trust you that that idea or that campaign, whatever it is, is going to work. So for us, it's kind of, you know, people ask us, okay, so let me understand. Santa Barbara Wine Country is your client. Yes. Okay, well, it's an association and there's a lot of different wineries within that association. How do you choose? So that is a challenge. Um, You know, for us, going back to that creativity standpoint, we can, if we get, you know, a writer, for example, coming to us and say, I'm working on the story, we have to then go to our, you know, wide range of wineries and tasting rooms and companies, essentially, and pick and choose and create that bigger story. So we always use the term go higher, right? We can't just be tactical. We can't be, um, you know, where we focus on tactics. We have to focus on the higher, bigger strategy and picture in order to sell the region. At the end of the day, you know, when somebody thinks of a California wine country, we want them to think of Santa Barbara wine country and everything that that includes yeah. regionally. Yeah, no, I know we, mm-hmm. we name dropped a couple of people during this, but that's just for the sake of referencing the festival and location. Right. But totally right. okay. yeah, you're, you're, you are addressing this entire mm-hmm big what seven avas i mean region i mean this is a lot of people working very 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 hard to deliver something that's just supposed to taste delicious and make you happy yeah that's right um the last question i want to ask you guys as we kind of wind down this main episode um is and i'm always curious about this when i have couples on the show or at least somebody who is in a relationship um and is also (laughs) in business with their person in that relationship how do you guys personally balance i mean how is it how is the dichotomy between, okay, it's a lot of wine militia right now. We need to do militia consulting, but also how do you guys balance, you know, being in this office every day with each other and everything else? That's a good That's question. That's another great question. It's, oh, man. It, well, it's a re- you're feeding me a really good kava, so I got to like respond yeah. back with something. So yeah. we, we have to drink a lot. Not a lot. It's not true. That's not true. That's so dramatic. <laughs> I can hear my dad right now just like rolling his eyes. Um, no, we, we don't actually drink that much. Actually, we do, I, I've been getting into spirits, though. When mm-hmm. I have, we have a cocktail at night. We'll open up something. But that's at the end of the day. But during the day, I think we, we have to joke around a lot. We have mm-hmm. to be able to keep it light. Because a lot of these problems or challenges, I should say, opportunities that come to us from our clients. <laughs> that was very are, Yeah, I just, I've, I've been to therapy, apparently. Um, they... They, they pack with a lot of like emotion. So we have to be able to like get off the phone or get off the zoom and, and just kind of breathe and be like, Oh God bless them. You know, <laughs> you know, just like, and just kind of take a breath and be like, okay, well let's, let's kind of dive into it. But 
honestly, working with with someone, if you can find someone who is easygoing as Sonia, um, good luck. I mean, like that, it's hard to do. We 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 made it through the pandemic together at our kitchen table. Oddly enough, with the Santa Barbara Vintners Association as a client, um, that was wild. We we ended up having to figure out how to pivot. We hated that word, but we we did. We did it quickly, and we had to market to LA. We had to market Orange County, San Diego, excuse me, San Diego. And um, doing that together and being like giving each other allowances and deferring to each other, I, I think helped a lot and just being respectful to each other that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lot of knowing each other's personalities and whether it's Lamar or another staff member, um, you have to really work with each other's personalities you know, I probably know you better than you know you. <laughs> well, um, you know, just as far as both work and you know personal life, I think yeah. we are very fortunate. I have heard of you know friends that have worked with their spouses, and it just completely crumbles, and it doesn't work. So we are very fortunate uh, that it does work, but it is. It's it's you have to work on it every single day. So, and the last thing I would say is you have to have your outlets. She works out like 20 times a day. I play in a metal band, <laughs> bang my head. So it's like, it's one of those things. Like you have to know like, okay, this isn't for now. This is for me to vent later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. you got to be able to unhitch sometimes and totally. go do your thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to keep you guys around for a bonus episode, like I said, which people can find on patreon.com forward slash the best seats. Um, but I just want to thank you guys so, so much for the time. Um, if people want to learn more about either Y Militia, Militia Consulting, et cetera, um, websites, maybe somebody's interested in working with you guys, but just learn kind of like more about what you do and, and some of the clients and stuff. Where can people do that at? Whether it's websites, social media, et cetera. Well, ironically enough, Militia Consulting does not have a full website. We are, <laughs> and we're proud to say it, honestly. We've done extremely well um, from the marketing side from, uh, you know, the runoff from wine militia and just ongoing relationships. But we recommend uh, going on Instagram, typing in militia consulting, and we are on Instagram. We try to stay connected and continue to communicate. Or if you want to see some uh, ticketed events or kind of what we do for the wine militia, you can go to Instagram and the wine militia and, or you can go to the wine com and check it out and send, send us messages. We love harassment. It's like one of our favorite forms of, of communication. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but what about the uh, upcoming event? I mean, obviously, this this episode will not remain evergreen. This event is going to come True. and go at some point. Maybe even after you've listened to this, so you should have listened to it sooner. Uh, but if people wanted to learn about the 39th annual, yeah, upcoming, th- th- yeah, thanks, Crawford. That's like a huge, <laughs> huge plug for sure. Like we do recommend going to the Santa Barbara Vintners Association website, and it's SBC. Oh, I'm sorry. It's sbcountywines.com. I have to say it slowly, but it is sbcountywines.com. Or you can type into Google Santa Barbara Vintners Festival and it'll pop up as well. Pull up on that. Totally. Um, Lots of info, lots of details. Definitely recommend checking it out because there's way more than we could even scratch on the surface for sure. (laughs) Well, once again, I want to thank you guys so, so much for taking the time for this episode. Um, I'm so proud to have gotten to know you guys over this past. I can't believe it's almost been a damn year. I don't know how it's September. But yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to a great festival, continuing to work with you guys and and cheers to continued success. Absolutely. For sure, man. Thanks for having us on. This is great. Of course.
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again to Lamar and Sonia for taking the time to let me come to their office, sit down, record that episode. Thank you to all of you who are listening and supporting the show. If you're listening on free feeds, I appreciate it. Again, please consider sharing it through social media. Everything is an algorithm these days, and we got to play it with podcasts as well. If you're listening on Patreon, though, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your support each and every month, no matter at what tier you subscribe, makes all the content possible. And there is so much more content coming. I know it's been a slow burn getting some of these new shows up and going, but now it is finally time. And I'm so excited for that. There's been so many hiccups along the way, but we are here. Thank you to my advertising partners. Thank you to Ali Coyle, obviously, who provides music for the show. Thank you to the winemakers. Thank you to all of you. Give yourselves a round of applause, man. Be good out there, friends. Tip your bartenders. Don't drink and drive. Stay off of Yelp, and I'll see you, hopefully, at the 39th Annual Vendors Association up in Santa Barbara. If not, I'll see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Sasha Lyons, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, Burgermaster, It Ain't Easy Being Greasy, Boyga Kang. Thank you for your support.